and welcome to the Off-Kilter Quilt. My name is Frances, and I'll be your hostess. Hi there, it's Frances. Uh, this is an introduction to some very old quilt diaries at this point. I recorded them sometime in the spring, April, May, I don't know when. Um, <laughs> and they were all ready to go, and I just never posted them because I'm lazy, because I just don't ever get around to doing show notes, and the weeks went by, and here it is, August 10th, and I'm finally sitting down and saying, okay, I'm going to post this episode, and we'll see what happens after this episode. I, um, you know, am I pod fading? Maybe. I hate to do it, um, because I've been doing this now for 10 years, but it's been odd, and I have not really been quilting very much. I'll put a picture up, should I actually ever do show notes, of the quilt I've been working on, which is um, a quilt I started sometime last fall, I think. I can't even remember. I'll post pictures. You can see if you remember. And it's a funny thing because it's a quilt that I like, but this is very typical of me. I decided to do a piano keyboarder because I love piano keyboarders and it's scrappy. It's a very scrappy quilt. And so I started uh, cutting out strips, uh, four by two inch strips, uh, and sewing them together, and then, you know, sewing two together, and then two, two to two, then four to four, you know, how those things work exponentially. And um, it went on and on, and I was telling uh, my friend Kristen about this, and she said, you know, have you thought about strip piecing? And that would have been such a brilliant approach. I would have had this border done in about three days, maybe less, but here it is months, and it's it's really kind of boring sewing. And just think, this happens to me all the time. There's like a really great, straightforward solution, and it just goes over my head. And you would think at this point, I'd be like, oh yeah, strip piecing, but no, no, did not consider the strip piecing. Um, I'm sitting on the porch, by the way, but here's what's weird. Front porch, not back porch. It is August, and the air conditioner runs all the time, and uh, the back porch is near the air conditioning unit, which is old and loud, and uh, yeah, so I'm sitting on the front porch, which I can do because it's only like 89 degrees, which is bizarre for August. I will take it. I am not complaining. The bugs have not been bad this summer. The mosquitoes are starting to come out a bit. And I was sitting out here yesterday afternoon. Um, and after I'd been out about 15 minutes, it's like the mosquitoes found me. But by and large, the idea of sitting on the front porch in August, it, it, it never happens. So that has been the weird thing. I'm sorry, there's like some big trucks going by. Our house is very close to the corner of a, of a big street in Durham. So, yeah, you're just going to hear some truck noise. But I hope you hear the cicada noises. Um, you know, a, fr a friend of mine and I were talking the other day, and she wanted to know, like, why did I hate July more than August? I love August. I know a lot of people really hate August. Um, you know, a lot uh, by August, a lot of the flowers have bloomed and the blooms are gone. Uh, the, the garden by this point, uh, the vegetable garden can be overrun 
and it's you know the tomatoes have often played themselves out mine have not they got planted late then deer attacked them they have recovered they're not that productive they have beautiful foliage but are not setting a lot of fruit and i think that the deer who got into our fenced backyard it's been it's been one thing after another everything is fine don't have covid no one has covid so that's all that matters but the the deer for the first time since we've lived here hopped our fence there we have tons of deer i know everybody does um and they they ate my tomato plants and uh and also we've had a ton of rabbits and so anyway uh, it's a long story and the the, the plants are are uh you know they're, they're I've, I've got those things i've got the um you know <laughs> the wire structures you put around the cages they are caged but you know the the branches grow out of the the cages so the deer attack them and i think that the plants just have never really recovered from the shock of that and then the bunnies got a few of the ones that uh, I grew from seed. Uh, the bunnies came in and got some of those. They have also recovered, but I don't know if they're going to ever set fruit. Anyway, so I am very fortunate that I discovered a local farm. Sugar Hill Produce is about 20 miles north of here that delivers produce to Durham. And you don't you can order it by the week, so you don't have to invest like $500 up front. Um, and you know what? It's really good. Uh, and one of the things that they've done, and last week was the last week they did that, was heirloom tomato boxes. So for about five weeks, I have gotten eight pounds of tomatoes a week for twenty dollars. It's amazing. Um, so I, I've had lots of tomatoes, which is good because you need to, you need tomatoes and peaches to make a summer successful. And that is, as I constantly remind myself, why I live in the South because I really hate summer. But if you want good tomatoes, you've got to be here. This is where good tomatoes happen. And you may be listening to this and you know, Ohio and thinking, oh no, this is where the good to No, I'm sorry, I love you, but it's not true. The good tomatoes happen here in the Southeast. And so that's why I'm here. That's why I suck it up. But I will say this summer, aside from the deer eating my tomatoes, my tomato plants, uh, has not been bad. It's been weird. I haven't been quilting. I'm just getting back up on the quilting pony. I don't know if you're aware of that creature, the quilting pony. Just hopping back on. Um, and, of course, I'm just having a discuss. I'm, I'm rambling, but that does take us back to my piano keys. Um, yeah, but it's, I haven't... I think because it's been, that's been kind of boring, I haven't been that interested in quilting. And also, it's just weird. Don't you feel weird? I feel weird. I mean, I don't feel sick. I can't remember. All right, so there are a couple of quilt diaries. This is a preface to two quilt diaries, at least, and I have no idea what I talk about, um, other than to say happy 10th anniversary to the off-kilter quilt. Whee! Um, and I can't remember if I talk about the fact that, that we, being the Dow family, feel that some of us may have had COVID. Uh, we think maybe Jack brought it home from Copenhagen shortly after he got home from Copenhagen. Will and I both developed dry coughs and then um, a couple weeks after that got very sick and then the man got very sick and Will recovered pretty quickly and the man and I were sick for over a month and it was weird. Now it may just have been a bug. It may, you know, I've had bugs before that have lasted a long time. May have just been the regular flu. We don't know. 
um, we're waiting for good antibody tests to be developed and then one of us will go get one to see if we had it. We are certainly behaving as though we have not. Uh, we have gotten to this point in the COVID experiment where, uh, well, we're still not doing a lot differently. We don't go out a lot. Um, and when we do, our, we wear our masks and I've made a lot of masks. I still can't say mask. Um, I can say it in the singular. It's the plural. It's adding that S that I have so much difficulty with. Um, but I still, I order groceries online and pick them up. And uh, we, the one big change we've made is we no longer sanitize the groceries. Uh, it, it, it seems like it's an unlikely way to get the COVID is to pick up molecules from a surface. So we don't worry about that anymore. We wash our hands a lot. Um, the boys have been a little bit social. In fact, Jack just went on a camping trip for a week in the mountains of Western North Carolina. He went with a group of friends that he has uh, socialized with this summer. Um, and so, I, I, you know, it was like, if, the, if one of them has COVID, they already all, all have COVID. I don't think they have COVID. And this is a group of uh, pretty responsible young people. So um, I think that they have been following protocols, et cetera. So I don't know, just see. And will, um, has seen his girlfriend a bit. His friend Ashant came over the other night to play ping pong. It's been cool enough to do that. Our ping pong table's in the garage. Um, you know, so they're, they're, they're seeing friends a little bit. Uh, we don't know exactly when Jack is going to go back to college. And will school starts at the end of August? You know, it's a private school, so they have some, you know, they, ha they have some I don't know, I keep saying leg room, that's not quite right, but they can make up their own rules more or less. So they, they're having a hybrid schedule. So he will be on campus twice a week. Um, you know, so life goes on. The man continues to work from home, which is his preference. Uh, and I've gotten used to it, to be honest. I think there are a lot of people who, like, like myself, who I've worked at home for many, many years by myself and I've had to adjust to having people around all the time, and it, it's worked out fairly well. There are moments, but anyway, so um, that is life. It's been a busy summer. I finished the draft, a draft of a middle grade novel. Um, I am finishing up the course notes for an online class I'm going to teach. I'll tell you more about that uh, when it comes out. It's going to be online, uh, available for purchase. I uh, taught a two-week workshop in July via Zoom, which was a lot of fun, although very intense and very tiring. And um, yeah, and I published a new book. It's called How to Build a Story or the Big What If. If you have a young writer in your life, it is perfect for them. So I think you should buy it. I'm just saying. And I do have for the fall some projects that are related to quilt fiction, including doing audiobooks of Birds in the Air and Margaret Goes Modern, which will be for sale, uh, and some other things as well. So always lots of work to do. Um, it's, it's, some days I'm more productive than others. Um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a little odd. It's not, I'm not quite in my routine. Uh, I was when I, when I was working on my middle grade novel. Um, that was nice to actually have a regular writing routine. So anyway. That is me up to the minute. Um, 
I really uh, would like to really be riding the quilting pony every day. <laughs> I've missed it. It feels like a, a sort of central part of my creative life has been missing. Um, so I'm, I'm going to get this quilt top finished and then move on. I don't quite know what I'm going to do. I've been working on a quilt that I want to submit to QuiltCon, but I don't think I'm going to do submit this quilt. I'm not done with it anyway. I mean, I, I could be done, um, but I'm not. And I don't know that I'm going to submit it to QuiltCon, but I may, uh, in the meantime, do a couple new quilts um, that to be submitted. And you know, the, the QuiltCon's going to be online this year. And... I don't know. This quilt that I've been working on is a special quilt to me. I, if it were to be jerried in, which is no 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 sure thing, but if it were, I would like it to be uh, live, uh, you know, live and in person, which I hope we'll get back to doing. I hope that by uh, February of 2022, that we will meet again in person and not have to wear masks. I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody does, but in any event. So that is kind of my life up to the moment. Everyone is fine. My parents are fine. Um, my brothers, the whole family. Uh, it's been a good uh, season for our neighborhood and that people have come together. I've been very friendly. I mean, it's always been a very friendly neighborhood, but I think have connected. We've got a whole sourdough thing, which I may have talked about in the quilt diaries. I don't remember, but that's been really fun and really good. And so I think um, once this is over and we can gather again, I, I, you know, I, I think that people in this neighborhood will take advantage. People on my street. Um, so that's been a good thing. So there, you know, there have been positive things and good things throughout this. But like you, I'm ready for it to be over. Um, I also, like you, I hope I'm not saying it's over until it's over, and I will wear my mask and socially distanced at distance and even for me the introvert it's starting to get a little weird some sometimes it gets a little weird inside my head and i think even i need to spend more time with other people uh, but i am fine i hope you are fine and um with that let us get on with the quilt diaries hello and welcome to episode 240 something 45 46 I don't know it will be in whatever system this uploads to I don't know I don't really understand how podcasts work which is ironic since I've been doing ones for 10 years um, <laughs> I know that I upload files to Podbean and then Podbean shoots them out to iTunes and I don't know what else I don't care it's as in so many things in my life that I don't really understand, I just let other people handle them for me. I'm so glad, for many, many reasons, not just this reason, but definitely for this reason, to be married to the man, because he kind of handles a lot for me, in a way that's almost embarrassing in 2020. Um, <laughs> you know, I also but uh, feel like my editor, who's a woman, so I'm not just dependent on a man, I am dependent on this woman, um, my editor, Caitlin, who I've now been working with for over 20 years. I think probably this fall it will be 22. But my, uh, we are celebrating the 20th anniversary of my first book, Debbie Coe. This is a book for children. 
as many of you know, I am a children's book author, and that came out May 1st of 2020. And today, in case you're wondering, is May 3rd, 2020, in the time of the corona. It is my older brother's birthday. Between you and me, he is 59, and I'm going to turn 56 at the end of the month, so we're all just kind of plodding along. And now, <laughs> now that it's been, oh, I don't know, close to a month since... Uh, what would have been my cut and color appointment, I'm starting to look a lot more like my older brother, who has gone gray naturally, unlike me. I've been fighting it since I was about 30. I'm actually interested in having this experience of going gray um, and seeing what it's like. I think I probably will be the first one in line as soon as things open up to get my hair cut and colored, but it's kind of fun going, yeah, there's nothing I can do about it. Let's see what happens. And I am ha happy to, to say that the places, like right you know, along the hairline, where it's really going gray, it's actually kind of silvery. The problem is we're quilters here, right? We wouldn't be if we weren't listening to the off-kilter quilt, although I know my friend Tori often makes her husband, the very nice Kurt, listen along. Um, <laughs> I think he doesn't mind. I, I, I know Kurt too, and so I, I feel like we're all friends. Um, so he may just think it's like just listening to a friend chatter on. But anyway, most of us are quilters and probably know Kurt has taken up quilting lately here in the time of uh, isolation and sheltering at home, etc. Anywho, we're all quilters here. We understand the importance of contrast. I am very fair skinned, kind of a Scots-Irish kind of girl, light skinned. Um, and so when, as, as my hair, as I, I, I see my hair coming in silvery, and I think that's really pretty. And at the same time, I know that having dark hair, natural or otherwise, kind of frames my face, offers some contrast. Whereas, you know, I have some friends who have gone gray and uh, whose background is more Mediterranean. They're, they're just, they have olive skin, and it's gorgeous, right? And I'm trying to think... My friend Bridget is African-American. I, I don't know sh how gray she is at this point. She's a, a year or two older than I am. But her hair would look gorgeous. African-American women I know with gray and silver hair, they look gorgeous. Because um, there's a contrast. I'm just, I would just be white on white. Um, you know? <laughs> I just don't know. So this is an opportunity to kind of play around with that and see how much older I look than the man. The man is very young looking. He, uh, he has a lot of silver in his hair, but he's also, um, his natural color when he was, when he was younger was, was a sort of a dark blonde. Now it's more of a light reddish brown, uh, and gray. It doesn't matter. It looks great. He, he looks young. He has a very boyish face. It's totally unfair. Um, you know, it just is. So we'll have to see. I, I like to match. I think we should match each other. I don't think one of us should look 20 years younger than the other. Although that would kind of make me a cougar. So there's that. That could be kind of flattering. Look at this young man who thinks I'm really hot. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to work that into my thinking about this. Anyway, let's talk about quotes. <laughs> and also, did we talk about the fact that we are here at the almost, I think right around the 10th anniversary of the off-kilter quilt. I've been doing this for 10 years. I think I mentioned that. Yes, that I've been doing for 10 years and I still have no idea uh, what I'm doing. Yes, that is true. Um, I have no idea. 
but I am quilting um, and actually like I, I assume many of you I have devoted a fair amount of time to mask making I'm getting better at it um, you know I once I get something figured out I really don't veer off course and so I finally more or less have this pleats thing figured out and now I'm seeing all these masks that don't have pleats that look much easier than what I've been doing but now I'm like no I'm sorry I know how to make a pleat and I actually so when you do if you've done masks and are doing pleats you know there's this kind of magic moment so you, you you iron your pleats in and then you sew them down on either side so they stay pleated and then you do everything else you do and the mask is done and then you kind of punch out the pleats and it's really cool it's like magic it's like it's magic it, it's uh I like the pleats and I am doing the cloth ties I finally I've gotten so I've gotten so much better. I can't give up this. This is the um, AB nurse mask pattern. I was about to say recipe. I always want to say recipe, and yeah, I've gotten so much better at it and so much better at making the ties. I've done every stupid thing. I, you know, I, it's just my learning process. I accept this. The way I don't accept my my gray hair, I do accept that I'm a slow learner. Um, you know, and that's that's just how Francis rolls. But so I figured out how to do the pleats. I have figured out the best way to do the ties, which is you know is using my um, bias tape maker. And uh, you know, for a while, I uh, you know I wasn't using the bias tape maker. I was just folding, and then I started using the bias tape maker. But I was still iron after I attached the ties. Was still ironing and clipping the ties to so to sew them down. And then I realized one day not too long ago that there was no reason to clip to use the binding clips that, or to iron them down or anything that once you've made the bias tape everything kind of the folds hold together and they're very and so it's very easy to sew um, so that that's cut off maybe 30 minutes of this process but anyway so I continue to make them I have made a lot for neighbors friends and neighbors I thought that I would be contributing more to healthcare workers, and I think there's still that opportunity. But once people find out you're making masks, you know they'll they'll ask. Um, and I've also offered people in my neighborhood, you know, the, you know, just good friends. I know they don't sew, and um, and it's fun because I have really pretty fabric, as I'm sure you do. And that's actually one of the fun things on Facebook right now is, is these people showing the masks they're making, and they're so cute and so fun. And some of them are really beautiful, and some of them are just hilarious and and oh and that reminds me so the quilt alliance is doing um what we're calling an, an initiative because project sounds a little too formal a little too goal oriented but we've started a facebook group it's an open group you don't have to be approved you do have to join it but you don't have to wait for approval all you have to do is click join group and you're in and it's called come tell us quilters share their covid19 stories and it's been really interesting. We just started last week. I mean, like the, maybe the 29th of April. And there are 200 people so far have joined the group. And people are posting amazing things, including stories about how they haven't been able to make masks. You know, and, and it's not that, that they, there's just something that's emotionally that they, they find really difficult about doing that, which I totally respect. And there are people like, yeah, I just, I need to make quilts. I just need to be creative right now. Maybe at another time I'll be a mask maker. 
Um, and other people who have made like, I've made 800 masks. And you're just like, wow. Um, I think that somebody said, uh, maybe 800 is um, not, I feel like somebody said they've made 800 masks. I mean, a huge, huge number. Um, you know, which almost feels like, you know, do you sleep? It's, uh, you know, but it's very cool. And people, but people are also showing quilts that they're making. They're taking breaks from making masks. They go back and forth. And I'm, I've just been really moved by people. And also the responses. So someone said, I met, someone posted a picture Friday or yesterday of a gorgeous, gorgeous, very modern quilt. And everyone's like, oh, you know, people go, I love that quilt. Such a, you know, so people are very supportive of each other. We at the Quilt Alliance, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm board president of the Quilt Alliance, but, you know, when we talked about this project, we, we was like, or initiative, we went back and forth about whether to make it an open group. And we decided that we would, that if we needed to later, we could close it. You can, you can make it a public group private. Oh, the man is here. Oh, the man is here. But he's wearing earbuds, so I don't... He, everyone in my family is just used to me sitting here talking to myself. Hold on. Um, I'm going to forget what I'm talking about. But I'm also going to make sure I'm making bagels. Whoop. Okay. Come in over here. Yes. The man's coming in from his walk. It's, it's going to be very hot today. I'm making bagels, and I thought, you know, what if I walk inside? But, yep, got a good boil going on my water, and the, the house is filled up with gas because my pot of water, which I'm about to boil my bagels in, has overflowed, got on the, doused the gas, uh, the flame, so it's just gas. I really probably should not sit on the porch and not pay attention. Okay. Anyway, the man, I think, has not even noticed that I'm alive. Um, I think he has no idea that I'm just standing looking at him because he's got his earbuds in. Anyway, we went back and forth about making the group private or public. But you can take a public group and make it private. Um, and so it, and the, our only concern, would people feel okay about sharing in a public group? And the answer to that, ladies, is yes, they are okay with that. So Facebook group, it's called Come Tell Us, Culture Share. If I get my act together... I can even write this down as we're talking. Pencil. Here's a pencil. Um, show notes. I hate doing show notes. Show notes. It's like binding. Show notes is the binding of podcasting. Um, you think you're done? You're not done. You still have to put on the binding. Um, show notes. Come tell us. There we go. Okay. So it's, but it's, it's an, uh, if, if you like reading stories about quilting and particularly if you like reading stories about people going through what you're going through, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons that we like quilting podcasts, right? Or, um, because it's people chatting about the thing, you know, the, about the thing we love almost some of us that we love the most, which is making quilts. So if you are making masks, this is a really good group to join. If you're not, if you're feeling a little like, go on there and join it and, post about it. You are not alone in that. There are people who are just like, I can't do it. And there are also people who are burning out on it. Um, I, I would think if you've made 800 masks, you could be close to the burnout point. Uh, I have made about 40 or 50 and I enjoy it, you know, cause I just, I like, I like my machine. Um, I like sewing. Okay. I'm gonna have to pause. Okay. So 
how much time before the bagels? Five minutes of rising left, and then the bagels go into boil. Um, I can't remember if I talked about bagels last time. I have been making bagels uh, during the during uh, the, the, the time of, the, dur I, I never, like, during the time of corona, during the shutdown, that doesn't sound quite right, during the sheltering at home period, I had made bagels years and years ago, and um, I'm, a, I'm just better, I'm a better baker now, I'm a better, I'm slightly better at reading instructions, I understand more what's happening, I understand more the science, etc. So, and, and I'm not making any great claims for my bagels. They're, they're better than Linder's, right? They're better than the frozen bagels. Probably not quite as good as uh, Brugger's bagels, which, you know, my, many of my New Yorker friends turn their noses up at. But, they, you know, they're really not bad. They're eaten. They, they get it, and that's really all I care about. So, um, yes, yeah, so I'm making bagels today. I've been doing my sourdough thing, which I've been doing for a while now. My starter is beautiful. It's just a lively, good starter. Um... Yeah, so what else to tell you? I, <laughs> reading, what, oh, I just read, I finished the new Jenny Ophel book. I, her, her last, did I talk about this last time? I might have, I can't remember, called Weather. Her last name is O-F-F-I-L-L, -L, and I keep meaning to listen to like a podcast interview with her just to hear the introduction, so I know, because it looks like you would say awful. I, I don't, I, my guess, maybe she goes by Jenny Awful. That would be kind of punk rock, I think. Um, anyway, so finished Weather, which I liked. Maybe not as much as her first book, or actually the first book of hers I read, which is Department of Speculation, which I loved. I liked Weather. Um, and what have I been reading since? I've got a, a Thomas Merton's autobiography, which I've started. It's very good. And I'm reading, just uh, picking it up and putting it down, um, a book called, now I can't remember, it's something, Arbitrary Something Goals. It's a memoir. It's really interesting. It, it was, came out a couple years ago, and it probably says something about its popularity that I bought it used, and it was a discarded library book published like in 2017, which means it didn't uh, get checked out a whole lot. Maybe not at all. And I'd never heard of it. And then uh, I get this uh, newsletter by this guy, Austin Cleon. I don't know if you know him. He writes a lot about creativity. And I sh now I'm away from my show notes notes. I should uh, put a link. Um, oh, and one of his books, probably his best known book is Steal Like an Artist. He does a weekly newsletter. If you're a newsletter person, and I love a good newsletter. His is a newsletter I always open. It's just about links, right? It's, I mean, it, and he links to some of his posts, I, I, his blog posts. He may post most days. He lives in Austin. I'm not sure. My guess is he's in somewhere in his 30s, uh, has, has a couple kids. Looks like he's homeschooling them. They're pretty young. He's an artist. Uh, he does a lot of zines. He's, he, but the stuff he links to is always stuff that is not always, but is often things that I'm interested in or didn't know I was interested in. And then I, I go and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm interested in this. And this book, um, is, he made it sound good. But also one of the things, it's a memoir. It's written by what well, seems like a, a youngish woman who grew up in uh, New York in the village. And her parents had a restaurant called The Store. And so it's, it's about that and uh, various things. But 
Uh, and I've just started it, and it's written in a very sort of choppy, chunky style, which, by the way, so is Weather by Jenny Ophel Awful. And um, so it is the kind of book you can kind of pick up and put down. And I just got it the other day. But, um, and I don't think, okay, now it's just going to make me crazy and irritate you to death the way I do. Let's see if I brought it downstairs. I mean, it's something like arbitrary. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Underneath the Merton. Um, arbitrary stupid goal. Oh, man. My, my bagels. <laughs> we could do some real radio here. And you could listen to me drop my bagels but in the boiling water. And maybe I'll do that in a second. My water's boiling. There we go. My bagels have riz. Okay. Anyway. But the thing that sounded appealing to me about this book... Um, or the idea that Austin Cleon, Cleon brings up is this idea of having arbitrary stupid goals. That the key to life, and I think there's more to life than this, but I get what he's saying. Um, this is something that um, the author, and I just had the book in front of me, and I could have told you who the author was, and now I can't. It's a young woman. But her father has, is a major player in this book. And I think and that, was, that was his or is his philosophy of life. That the way you get through life is you have a series of arbitrary stupid goals. And, you, you know, and there's such satisfaction in meeting kind of any goal you set that it keeps you going. You wake up and like, oh yeah, today's the day I'm going to work on this arbitrary stupid goal. And I haven't gotten far enough in the book to see what he means by that. Um, but it, it, that plays into my feeling that, you know, you get a lot more pleasure in life if really simple things <laughs> bring you pleasure. And I do think that's one of the wonderful things about being a quilter is, you know, you always have your quilting to look forward to. So you get up in the morning and you're like, oh, I got to go to the dentist, I got to go to work, I got to do this, and there's this stupid school conference thing I have to, uh, blah, blah. and you think, yeah, but, you know, after dinner, I'm going to sit down and work on my quilt. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> right? And it kind of pulls you through the day. So that's not quite the same thing as having a goal. But I do think just having something that you're looking forward to always and it can be a little thing you know and often as we have all learned in our lives it's not the thing itself oftentimes like if I order a used book like arbitrary stupid goal it's the anticipation of getting something in the mail because yes I am a child um and the man and I were talking about this uh yesterday we um the man is waiting for a new camera which he has saved up for and he got a bonus at work um and he told himself if he got this bonus, uh, which he was promised, but wasn't sure he was going to get, um, he was going to get a new camera that he'd had his eye on for a long, long time. And so he he did. And it, he got the notice from FedEx. It's it's in Greensboro, and which means it's at the airport. That They have a, a hub there. FedEx has a hub at the, the airport. I can't remember. It doesn't matter the name of the airport, does it? No, it does not. Um, and so, of course, he's, he's, it's like it's so close and yet so far away. And he's anticipating its delivery. And it was supposed to come yesterday, and it didn't. And we were talking about how back in the day when Jack was, say, 9 or 10, he would order games 
Um, and this was, I guess, before you could digitally download a game. So he was ordering, he would order a new game. He would take his birthday money and order a new computer game. And then when it was supposed to come, he would take a chair down to the bottom of our driveway. And we have a long driveway. We're kind of up on a hill. He would take it to the bottom of the driveway and camp out there with an Artemis Fowl book. I don't know if your kids ever read Artemis Fowl novels, but it's a series of novels about, a, I guess, a spy named Artemis Fowl. And he would go down there with his Artemis Fowl book and just sit and just wait. And if it didn't come, he'd pull the chair back up till then the next day he'd do it again. And then I told I told the man he ought to do that. He ought to take his chair down to the bottom of the driveway with his book. Um, and he's actually just got a, a, a Libby loan. It is the there's a new book out about the office. Um, it's kind of an oral history of the office, and we love the office. So he thought that would be a, a fun thing to read and a unfun time. So he could take his phone down and read his kit, you know, on his the office book on his Kindle app and wait for FedEx to show up with his his camera. He's not done that, but I think it would be really cute if he did. All right, I've got bagels to bake. And uh, I, I will plan on talking one more time, but I'd like to get this posted soon. Every time I say I'll do that, I won't. So I'd like to get this posted by June. How about that? That is an arbitrary, stupid goal I can meet. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Quilt Diary Day 2. I'm pretty sure when I recorded Quilt Diary Day 1, was appears to have been May 3rd and it's May 31st and I'm pretty sure I thought I was going to finish that up and have it posted by say May 7th and that didn't happen because well you know time and space are no longer really a thing in my life now it's it's Sunday May 31st and I've come out here on the porch because I want to share something with you I want to share this music I feel like you should be able to hear that I guess I could go walk to the edge of my yard and hold the recorder up. Why? I feel like I'm also whispering, can you hear that? What is that? That is our neighbor, Helen. She lives kind of catty corner. And I'm not, you know, I can't think of the name of the instrument she's playing. <laughs> like, it's, it's, I don't know. I have, to, I have to ask the man what it is. Maybe you know what it is. It has a name and she plays it. And it is my belief that she believes that she's doing a kindness for the neighborhood by playing it. And I will tell you over the years, and we have lived in this house for 13 years now, that there have been some lovely times where she has played for about 30 minutes on a beautiful afternoon, spring afternoon, fall afternoon. And it's been nice. But now I feel like she's like, entertaining us as we are sheltering at home and she's been playing now for about an hour and a half and here's the thing you can get tired of even a nice thing after an hour and a half because first of all whatever this instrument is everything kind of sounds the same after a while you know it just after all it's that kind of that It's kind of vaguely Celtic, you know, which I kind of like. But, you know, even like sometimes I'll put on Celtic music, like on Spotify, I'll just find some, you know, Irish, Celtic, whatever, Gaelic 
radio-a-thon thing. And really, after about 30 minutes, like, okay, enough, enough. And, um, yeah, and that's how I feel right now. So I thought I'd share that with you. <laughs> I thought I would sit out here and complain about my neighbor, who I, who I truly believe uh, is is trying to share something nice with the neighborhood. And, uh, and I honor that. I respect that. I appreciate that. And at the same time, I kind of wish you'd emailed first to ask, you know, how do you feel about me playing my instrument outside so you guys can listen? How long would that be good for you? 20 minutes? 40 minutes? Can we, let's have a neighbor, let's do a poll. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, so, hello. You know what we did not do this month is the big uh, off-culture quilt 10-year anniversary thing. Haven't done, done it. And I think we're just going to do a big 11-year anniversary celebration. Um, ne- yeah, that would be next year. Uh, but as for celebrating the first decade of the off-culture quilt, let's just say hurrah. Leave me a comment or think something really nice. Um, I'm hearing something. It's usually when I sit down to talk in any way that doesn't have to do with my family then someone from my family kind of wanders in so I'm waiting for that to happen I don't have a lot of quilting news um, other than happy 10 year anniversary for Off Kilter Quilt uh, I have pretty much slowed down to nothingness on the mask making and I think a lot of people have I know that uh, Elizabeth Townsend Guard over at, well, we know her from Just Want a Quilt, but she and a man named Seth Hackler started a group called Million Masks a Day. And they were a very, very active group. And as I think I talked about in the first Quilt Diary, the Quilt Alliance has started a page, you know, uh, Come Tell Us, Quilter Share, with the idea of collecting stories from people um, about their mask making and I got in touch with Elizabeth last week we, we've gotten to be friends over the years and said you know would you post about what's going on with you and with uh, you know million million masks a day and and she very kindly did and one of the things she said in her post is they were not getting the kind they, they'd only gotten one request for masks you know, recently, so that the requests have slowed down. Now, I don't know if that is true for other mask-making groups, and I, I actually would like to reach out to some other people um, who have Facebook groups uh, around making masks and see what's going on with them, but I, I have a sense it's slowing down. I don't know if it's because at this point, maybe there are more in N95 masks available for healthcare workers, um, and this is just a guess. I, I don't know for sure. And, but also now uh, people can buy masks, you know, capitalism has stepped in as it does and, you know, and, and filled that void. And that, you know, I think is probably a, you know, good thing about capitalism. There's a need, we will profit. <laughs> but you know, it's like, but because there's a need and for the most part, the, the masks I've seen for sale look nice and are not wildly expensive. I, I, I mostly would, you know, I, I'm, I'm more interested in uh, quilters and sewists, uh, as we say now. I always have to, whenever I say sewist, I always have to qualify it as we as we say now, sewists. Um, I'm interested in, you know, I, if I were buying masks, that's who I would want to support. And there are, I know, on our neighborhood listserv, uh, people will say, oh, if if you need to buy a mask, uh, this person is is selling them, or this uh, quilt shop 
you know, there's a, a local sewing place. It's not mine. It's not Freeman's Creative, but somebody was, you know, uh, as a way of kind of keeping the shop alive, you know, it was uh, selling masks. And uh, I'm very supportive of that. You know, I think that's a great way for, for people who might otherwise be making money doing alterations. Uh, I don't know how uh, tailoring. I don't know. Anyway, um, I do. But but quilt shop, obviously, people who sell fabric and notions and what have you, if they're not, if, if they need to supplement their income, it seems like great. Um, make, make some masks, sell some masks. You have my blessings. Not that you've asked for them. It's you know more corporate when the corporate folks get involved you you know they they charge too much and probably don't give enough but anyway all that to say uh, my mask making has has pretty much come to a halt uh, one thing I noticed for a long time I was leaving masks on the front porch we have a table out there now and I'm and I'm sorry it's been so long since I've recorded I don't know if I mentioned this the first time around. And at first, so whenever I knew we had an order that was going to be delivered, I put a mask out in a baggie, and there's a little sign that says, if you need a mask, take it. And for a while, they were always taken. And then over the last couple of weeks, um, it might sit there through several deliveries, and then finally someone uh, would pick one up. So, And now I don't even have one out there. So yeah, so anyway, the, the, I, I feel like uh, quilters and sewists, as, as we say nowadays, um, have made a good show of it, and you know, and I, I, it's a, it's a, you know, I'm proud of us, I'm, I'm proud of all the people uh, I know and people I don't know who saw a need and started sewing, and I, I just think that's very cool. Uh, I am, in fact, working on a quilt. Uh, it is one of the things that I've started that I, uh, one of the, yeah let me back up a couple weeks ago I decided to clean out the front room which is not in terrible shape but you know I kind of go with a cozy cluttered kind of look but when you are kind of in your house all the dang time which I kind of am except for if I'm working in the garden I've got my tomatoes planted we're very excited about that they look good but I'm not in the garden that much. But I take a couple walks a day. I, I, I walk Travis, the quilt dog, in the morning. And the man and I um, have gotten in the habit of taking walks after dinner. So I do get outside. And the weather has continued to be absolutely gorgeous. Um, but if I'm not outside or going to pick up groceries, um, I'm in my house. And cozy clutter can really start to get to you after months on end so I decided to clear out uh, to, to really go for a, to go as minimalist as possible uh, particularly you know so I've talked about my front room living room dining room L which I've kind of claimed for myself um, and so particularly on the sort of what I think of the dining room part the part where there's some useless chandelier hanging down over my uh, walking treadmill desk <laughs> that's the part where I've kept, I have a drop leaf table, one leaf down one leaf up, but under there I have stored baskets of fabric and various things and bags of scraps I'm like, I just want to clear that out now I got going on that project because I made a series of videos for Simon & Schuster, my book How to Build a Story, The Big What If comes out at the end of July and I'm getting a really nice push from the Simon & Schuster Education Library. In fact, they are doing a writing camp in July, and each week is going to begin with um, 
a video that I made, and these are videos I made in you know in my living room, in the dining room, living room L, and that was one of the things I really wanted the space behind me to be very uh, you know clear and clean lines. So that's kind of what got me started on doing the cleanup and the sorting. And um, yeah, so I'm still at work at that, but one of the things that I've been confronted by or confronted with while I was doing that is all these unfinished projects I have. So I am at work on finishing some projects, which is kind of fun, you know? And I don't know if you recall, I believe I was working on these stars last fall, maybe early in the fall, but I had taken a lot of fabric I'd gotten from the, um, the very kind uh, women in the Quilt Fiction Club swap group and and they um and it's a neat it, 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 i don't think you have to be part of the quilt fiction club uh to join the swap group but th there's a wonderful woman named kim who organizes along with another woman oh i'm sorry whose name i can't think of right now but but i usually see the messages from kim and they i i, I don't know if they do them every couple of months but they do sw swaps and people have been very kind about including me in the swaps um and so I've got, I got a lot of nice fabric. And so I made sort of made fabric. And from there I made stars and couldn't quite decide what to do with them. Well, finally, and it was last weekend, I just got those stars on my design wall and I figured out how to, a very simple layout. I wasn't trying to be modern or funky or anything. And I, so I figured out what to do and I'll include some pictures. But I figured out what to do with the blocks. But then what I realized is that I, I didn't want to just sew them to, you know, all the blocks together. And it was just be, I, I felt like all that white needed to, uh, to be broken up. So it's it, the stars themselves, the centers are um, kind of a, a raspberry red. And then the stars themselves are made up from the, these stripes, uh, angled stripes. I don't know how to say that. I'll look at the picture but anyway so but the points are very colorful and then the background is white and so what I came up with to, to break up the blocks is just doing stripes um, doing sashing made of stripes alternating white and reddish pinkish prints that that work with the raspberry cent uh, star centers. That sounds like a candy. Raspberry star centered s stars. Yeah, I'll work on that. Um, anyway, so uh, so that's, a, and, and it looks, so I guess you would just, is it really piano keys? I guess, except not really, because it's not black and white. But it seems to uh, work. It looks nice. It gives it a kind of country cottage, kind of scrappy feel. It really works with the quilt. So it's, you know, it's, it's, I, I think I've leaned so modern over the years that just doing something straightforward, um, it, it's harder for me these days. I'm like, just, just do a dang straightforward quilt, make the quilt and give it to somebody. Or if you love it, keep it, you know, do whatevs, but do something. And, but I, I, I'm enjoying it, you know, cause as, as we know, I, you know, I, I really love the process. Um, the cutting and the sewing and the ironing and you know as we say quilting is moving knitting is sitting quilting is moving so I really have enjoyed it and I've enjoyed doing it in a much nicer space although entropy always wins man 
you know, you, you get everything cleaned up and it starts just kind of falling apart. The center does not hold, as we are witnessing in our country right now, but I, I, we're not going to get into politics. I am proud that Durham had a protest yesterday and it was peaceful. Uh, we have, I think we have a good police chief and I think she handled that. She handled things very well. And so, um, you know, and, and Durham has, has, strong, has always had strong black leadership as well. So, um, yeah, so I think things went, went very well. And Raleigh, not so much. And as we know, in other places, not so much either. And it's a, it's a discussion we're not going to have here. I ha as we all have opinions and feelings about what's going on and what the right thing to do is. Mostly what I think for me the right thing to do is is to continue um, some of the work that I've done but have not done as much of in the last year but, but around some affordable housing issues and you know that the real change quite often takes place in really really boring city council meetings and just showing up uh, and, and having a cause there uh, can make some things change. So, uh, yeah, I, I think as a, you know, old white lady turned 56 yesterday, um, that's a good thing for me to do and, uh, continue doing. Anyway, it's been a time. It's been a time. Don't know what's going on with, uh, Jack's college in the fall. You know, at the University of North Carolina, they're going to open up. They're going to start early. I think mid-August, and try to be done by, uh, not try to be done, the plan is to, to start in, in mid-August, be done by Thanksgiving. I guess the idea is that, you know, if, if a second wave of COVID hits, that, that it'll hit in the winter. I, I don't know why anyone makes any predictions anymore about how these things work, but, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, how, how that happens. I have heard rumors that, that Duke may have it so that freshmen and seniors are on campus and then sophomores and juniors do distant lear distance learning, which I think is really uh, an interesting idea. I, I can't remember. I don't know how big Duke is, if it's 10,000, 20,000. I don't think it's 20,000. But anyway, I don't know. We're, we're all going to see. We're going to see what happens with Will's senior year. Um, you know, I think about all the seniors who just graduated. If you've got a senior, congratulations. Um, graduating high school is a big deal. It really is. We don't, I think, you know, if you come from a family where people have been, grad, you know, been high school graduates for generations, um, it just seems like same-o, same-o. But tell you what, I know a lot of people, I've got a lot of friends, including the man who's the first people in their family. To graduate high school and go to college now and I should say my my, my in-laws went graduated from high school they didn't go to college um, but there are families where, where it, it is a significant in all families it is a significant achievement and we should treat it as such so go class of 2020 um, yeah so anyway can you hear the birds it's been have you had this experience this is what I'm trying to determine it seems like there are more birds this year now is that just because there things are quieter except if you have Helen for your neighbor bless her heart she is trying to do a good thing for our neighborhood and, and I have done everything in my power to not bring out my iPad and put on Spotify um, and maybe Chance the Rapper who I actually really like as rappers go he's, he's one of my favorites but I haven't done it it has been a temptation and I have resisted but Anyway, maybe the birds like it. The birds may really love what Helen is doing right now. 
bless everybody's heart. That's all I've got to say. But I have noticed that we've had a lot more, it seems to me, and I am someone who is home, who is on this porch, and it just seems the birds have been pretty uh, loud and numerous this year, which is wonderful. And, you know, there are all kinds of ideas why that might be. Um, one, that it may just be quieter, again, except for Helen. Um, and they, you know, so you, you hear more of them. Um, maybe, I, you know, that the fewer of them are getting hit by cars, but then there are fewer foxes getting hit by cars. Does that matter? Do the foxes go after birds? I don't know. But I love the birds. It's been lovely. Uh, I hope that, that you are well. I hope that no one has gotten sick in your family, that you have not gotten sick, and that, uh, and if anyone has gotten sick, that it has been the, uh, the light case. Uh, I saw my na- a neighbor, and, and he said his niece has it. She's young, but she went to a party, and she got the COVID. And that is actually one of the things I'll be interested to see in a couple weeks. So many people have been on the streets this weekend. Um, and, and that was another thing I was very proud of Durham. The people on the street who protested did so peacefully, and they socially distanced, and they wore their masks. So go Durham. I'm proud to to live here. I'm proud to know you. All right, I'm just rambling because I just wanted to say hello, and I am making quilts. Are you? And um, yeah, tell me what's going on. I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Off Kilter Quilt. Come visit me online at offkilterquilt.com. Until next time, this is Francis. Remember, life is short. Quilt first.